Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, joined by my trusty sidekick, partner in crime, and not a stand-in for Santa, Harley Schultz. Harley, how's it going, my man? Well, right now I'm more a stand-in for the uh, dead Santa on South Park than Santa. I I feel like uh, I look kind of messy right now. I've got a dirty shirt on. My hair is a mess. And my beard is highly unkempt, but that's what happens after a three-day weekend. So bad Santa. Oh no, bad Santa is. Uh, oh, who played bad Santa? Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Thank you. Yes, and uh, wasn't that? <laughs> that was a great. That was a great movie. Wasn't that filmed up in your neck of the woods? I don't think so. It wasn't up in. The uh, woods? We we had Jingle All the Way filmed here. Oh okay, whatever. whatever. You can also argue Grumpy Old Men, which is well, it, it's not technically a Christmas film. Uh, it's always on at Christmas time. And I could star in both roles. <laughs> grumpy old man. Yeah. Grumpy old man. Both. I can be both. I can play both roles for those guys. I'm grumpy. I'm a grump. Grump a I actually got the chance to work on Jingle All the Way when I was in town, which was actually a lot of fun. Nice. What'd you do for him? Uh, I did both background work, but I also helped out with uh, the uh, production painting department, moving some shit around, so... That's kind of a busy uh, two weeks of time. Nice. I don't know if we mentioned this earlier. My wife got her first taste of showbiz this past year um, as an extra in Dope Sick with Michael Keaton and Rosaria Dawson and a few others. Not sure I saw that one. Was that, was that a Netflix production or? Hulu. Um, and it's okay. absolutely worth watching. It's about the opioid em- epidemic. Um, it's heartbreaking, but it's actually very well done. Very well done. So I assume it was filmed in your area of town or your area of the country then? Yes. Some of it was filmed in the Richmond, Virginia area. Yeah, we had a huge boom in Minnesota in the 90s and 2000s when about about the time that Jesse Ventura was elected governor of the state of Minnesota. He actually pushed for a lot of policies that brought a lot of productions that were being taken to Canada. uh, A lot of tax credits that were causing films and, and TV shows to be produced in Canada were brought down to Minnesota. Now, of course, as soon as Jesse was voted out, uh, a lot of those uh, funds dissolved and disappeared. So our productions have dwindled considerably since then. Yeah, we've had some of The Walking Dead or its spinoffs that have filmed in the area also. Um, also, Succession is film, has filmed some of itself here. Um, no, I've actually, heard a lot of good things about that show. That's a fantastic show. Actually, my wife got called. She almost was selected as an extra to play billionaire's wife, but they chose somebody else, so they made the mistake, unfortunately, and chose the wrong person. Kind of like I do in fantasy football, choosing the right, wrong person. But I will say this. I did not choose wrong when I married her. That's for certain. <laughs> well, I, I think we can all say we've chosen the wrong person in, in fantasy. It's funny that as James Robinson, it uh, it cost me another sweep of the fan ball slate this past weekend. Any other player that I would have chosen that would have fit that price range of his slot put on the lineup that I put together, which featured both of the Cincinnati top receivers, Joe Burrow uh, and Dak Prescott as my super flex quarterback alongside uh, C.D. Lamb, who did not do enough last night to help carry me over to the finish line couple other pieces again though that team would have walked away with every single uh every single major tournament on fan ball last weekend but uh, of course like I, said, I started james robinson as my running back too and we all know how that turned out 
<laughs> it's funny. I'm glad that you actually came back to that and said who it was because the fantasy gods cut your audio out as you made started to make your statement about picking the wrong person and, and being James Robinson. So, yeah, but again, I think that really hurt, it hurt a lot of people. James Robinson was highly owned this past weekend. It was a great matchup for him, great opportunity to perform well, and he got hurt. And we, I mean, we saw uh, Dare Ogumbawale step in there and do pretty decent in his absence. Uh, obviously, he's going to be the starter uh, this weekend next. And then, well, unless Carlos Hyde returns. We, we don't know about Carlos Hyde's status. He's dealing with a concussion right now, but uh, the, it, it's possible. The way this year has gone, would you be shocked if they signed Trent Richardson and he went for 125-2? and two? Well, there was talk, uh, again, for our listeners that don't know this, we record this on Monday Night Football, or while well, Monday Night Football is being played typically, uh, and it's usually released on Tuesday mornings. But uh, there was talk this past weekend that the Saints tried to convince Drew Brees to come out of retirement to play in this game tonight. I'd like to convince some of the guys I used to have on my teams to come out of retirement that I could have used them in fantasy. Marvin Harrison, Randy Moss, Tiki Barber. Frank Gore? Frank oh, wait. Gore. Has he retired yet? Uh, there's a Gore playing, but that is not Frank. That's true. It's Derek Gore. <laughs> it's probably his grandson or something. Maybe great-grandson. Yeah, it's kind of like when you uh, – I remember back to my baseball days when I owned both Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. one year. Nice. Yes, that is pretty good. So I got to tell you, I'm a little bit sad. Um, Not sad because Christmas just passed. I'm happy with everything I got. I hope you were. I hope you and your wife and your family had a good Christmas. Yes. But I'm sad because I only get to do this two more times this year. And this being... Throwing it over to Harley for this week's Blitzed Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. Just when Nick Sirianni had finally started to lean on Miles Sanders as an actual running back one, Sanders went and broke a bone in his hand on Sunday. Early reports out of Philadelphia have Jordan Howard and Boston Scott splitting carries next week for the Eagles. With this insight in play, I will guarantee that I will have Kenneth Gainwell in all but one of my DFS lineups. <laughs> James Robinson tore his Achilles on Sunday, ruining my dreams of sweeping fanballs DFS slate for the second time this season. With first-round pick Travis Etienne currently rehabbing from a severe Liz Franck injury suffered this preseason, it remains to be seen if Jacksonville will have either of their young rushers ready for the start of next season. This, of course, raises the question, if ATN suffers a setback to something that is often a career-altering injury, would Jacksonville seriously consider using an early-round pick on another running back? (laughs) Speaking of the Jaguars, fellow first-rounder and number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence threw for the second most yards of his career this past weekend. He also failed to throw for a touchdown yet again. At this point, myself, Steve, and all of our listeners each have only one fewer touchdown pass than Lawrence has since week eight. Perhaps Urban Meyer wasn't the problem in Jacksonville. (laughs) After throwing for 416 yards and three touchdowns earlier this year versus Baltimore... Joe Burrow went berserk against the Ravens once again, throwing for 525 yards and four touchdowns on Sunday. At this point, Burrow has to be considered the most dangerous alleged Raven killer since Ray Lewis. (laughs) And finally, Jake Fromm was so bad in his first start that he was benched for Mike Glennon. If you are ever benched for Mike Glennon, the NFL mandates that you retire. Perhaps State Farm will hire you, Mr. Fromm. This has been the BPN News Update. So, yeah, that was pretty bad that Fromm got benched, especially one, you're, you're the Giants and you're 4-10, I think, or 4-11, something like that, right? How did point. they get four wins? That's a good question. But two, it's not like they decided, eh, you know what, maybe we will go back to our starter that we're going to pin everything on going forward. No, they went to Mike Glennon, like – I don't care what the score is. You started from, stick with from. You've got nothing to lose except maybe a space in the draft. 
by going to Glennon at this point. See what you have with the kid. Yeah, and again, it, it, it just showed that the, how just universally screwed up that whole organization is. Yes, that is true. That is very true. So, <sighs> since we're in the theme of Christmas and we've got New Year's approaching, um, like you said, we're recording on Monday night, so we're a couple days past the Christmas holiday. We're going to have our two segments tonight. One will be the same Oh, as always, the DFS pay up, stay away, and value play segment. That's and, our Christmas gifts to you, the listeners. That's right. And then we are also going to have a segment where we give each team a gift. How nice. Eh, well, we should try. I mean, you know, some, some of them didn't get the gifts that they needed, so we, we're going to help, help them out. And I'll tell you what, how would you like to start with that? Sounds good to me. Okay. I'll drive, and, oh, I should say, I'll drive the sleigh, and you can toss out some of the gifts from the back. How's that? Well, you know, I'll just have a few beers, and maybe my nose will light up, and I can be Rudolph. There you go. All right, so we're going to start off in the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills. Well, my biggest hope for the Buffalo Bills is that they decide to cut Zach Moss and Matt Breda leaving Devin Singletary to be the Devin Singletary that he was for most of his rookie season when he actually looked like a potential running back one. So I thought about that. I thought about doing the same thing, right? <laughs> but here's the deal. I really like Josh Allen. I really like Stefan Diggs. I, I like the young receiver who had a fantastic game this week. I think we talked about him in the past. Mm-hmm. And adding a running back to that mix, we like Dawson Knox, I think it'd be counterproductive to the rest of those positions. So I'm instead going to say, give the Bills a difference maker at defensive end. I really thought they were going to take one this past offseason. Yeah, I did too, honestly. All right, now, next up, the New England Patriots, who just lost to those Buffalo Bills, and they lost to them at home. So... What are you going to give Mr. Belichick and the Patriots? Well, I have not identified the person yet because I haven't done enough draft research yet for this coming offseason. But the Patriots have been successful in finding those small slot receivers that can be highly effective. So I'm going to gift the Patriots the, the next Wes Welker, the next Danny Amendola, the next Julian Edelman, whoever that person might be in this coming draft. Let's have that player fall into the Patriots' lap to give Mac Jones a legitimate weapon to throw to underneath because we all know that that's part of Bill Belichick's desire is to, and, and Josh McDonald's desire, for that matter, is to throw the ball underneath short passes, uh, successfully move the ball with Jones. So my thought was in the same place. Let's give the Patriots a wide receiver in the draft. And then I said, but the Patriots always screw up wide receivers when they take them in the draft unless they steal mm -hmm. them from other teams. So I thought, well, you know what? Damian Harris has looked good. Oh, Ramondre Stevenson, people like. We got Brandon Bolden. Let's throw another running back in the mix because what could it hurt the fantasy community if Bill Belichick has one more running back? <laughs> I think there would be people strangling people if that was the case. Well, there you go. I'm giving them a running back. Let people have to deal with it. How about those Miami Dolphins who are now playing the COVID-stricken Saints team? Well, what I've seen over the last five weeks from this defense improving constantly, getting much, much better, yep. I think they're, they're a much improving defense. One thing I do like to see, though, is I'd like to see them add another cornerback opposite Xavier Howard. If they can get that second young stud cornerback there, that defense is going to take that next step up from very good to elite status, I think, next season. The offense, obviously, has most of the pieces in place. Yeah, they could probably use a more secure running back, but they've been able to make do with Miles Gaskin and now with Duke Johnson. They've got Selvan Ahmed. They've used Malcolm Brown. So they've used pieces there to some degree of success. But again, give them another solid cornerback there, and I think they're in really good shape. Well, I think they just got a pick six. But that's I, I just saw that too <laughs> as I was talking. I'm looking up like, hey, their slot guy just got a pick six. <laughs> but that's also against Ian Book. Um so, 
I, I got to be honest with you. I don't think they need another cornerback. NFL-wise, maybe they do. Fantasy-wise, you don't give them another strong cornerback. Teams can throw, and then maybe that means that the Dolphins have to put more points up. That's a positive, right? So mm-hmm. instead, I want the one of the teams, the Dolphins, who happen to be one of the teams that probably need OL help more than just about anybody else in the league, let's give them some OL help this week. This year, There's nothing wrong with that. The... All right. Moving to New York, the Gotham City. We're not going well, to give them Ryan Fitzpatrick, but who, what do you want to give to the Jets? Well, I think uh, what they're going to need there is a staff personal therapist for Zach Wilson after this first season. They need like Tim, like Tim Cup used to have. Like, remember that movie, Kevin Costner? Tim exactly. Cup? <laughs> that, you know what? I'm changing. Well, I'm just going to say that we give him Tim Cup's therapist there you go i, I agree with you. um because you can't even give them a, a quarterback because it doesn't matter just same thing would happen is yeah, that's what you need to do okay afc west let's start off with a team that's near and dear to your heart the kansas city chiefs there's one player in particular that's sing out there that's going to be available this offseason that's the absolute perfect fit for what kansas city needs they need a big tall possession receiver something they haven't had since demi watkins left they tried to use Josh Gordon in that role. He's still coming along kind of slowly. I don't think he's really that, that, that guy anymore. The guy they need to go get and they can afford to go get and they will go get is Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, I thought about that. I did I did honestly think about giving them another receiver to help take some of the pressure off of Tariq. And then I was like, but you do that, it's going to take away from Tariq and what Kelsey gives you. You don't have to worry about the three-headed monster because at running back they do just enough. I don't want to mess with a good thing. Um, so I want to give them an, an impact player on the defensive side of the ball and give them a strong edge rusher that can pair with the damage that Chris Jones is doing. I think that's and Chris that Jones would, is really on fire right now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be something that would help that defense and help the offense along the same lines. Now, how about the L.A. Chargers? Well, my first thought was, they should probably get some under-turf heaters to keep that freezing field warm. But then I changed my mind. I decided to go with a, uh, a legit tight end to replace the aged Jared Cook and the absent Hunter Henry, who's been traded, and the likely uh, not a great chance he's going to be coming back to the same level of uh, skill and Donald Parham. So get, get them a legit veteran tight end to give another weapon to Mr. Uh, Air Bear this coming season. You know, I wrote down tight end slash wide receiver. Had this been a couple of weeks ago before the param, param injury, I probably would have said wide receiver because I don't think that Mike Williams will be back this year, next year. I really like what I've seen with Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton. That's the only reason I didn't go wide receiver. Yeah, um, so, so I'm with you. I would give them a nice big tight end target that, that Herbert can rely on. What about the Las Vegas Raiders? Well, I think the thing that Las Vegas needs is an actual home field advantage. So, I understand. So in other words, have, have some Las Vegas fans there. I don't think anybody lives in Las Vegas. Um, anyway, do you know what I'm giving them? What? A team barber. <laughs> how, how about a gift certificate to Uber? No, I'm giving them a team barber, and the team owner needs to be the first one to let the team barber give the ceremonial cut. <laughs> and if that doesn't cut it, ha-ha, then uh, they could use some OL help. Yes, they, they could, definitely. Uh, they, they wasted a high pick this year on uh, uh, an offensive lineman that was slated to go in, what, like the late second round? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, the Denver Broncos, I think we're both going to agree here. Well, it's obviously a quarterback, and there's one huge-name quarterback who would fit in perfectly there with the weapons they have in place. Uh, and he's arguably the one that's easily most easy to acquire, and that's Deshaun Watson. So I'm giving Deshaun Watson to Denver. I'm not going to be that specific. I am going to give Denver a quarterback, though. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Deshaun, whether it's Russ, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, they get a quarterback. Well, I think the thing, I mean, I thought about Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's going to cost a little bit more in terms of trade equity for a player that's much older than Deshaun. By getting Deshaun, they're getting a guy in his prime at the same time they've got Jerry Judy, Noah Font, yeah. 
and uh, Cortland Sutton all in their prime. Plus, we'll be getting back uh, K.J. Hamler next year. They still got Tim Patrick under contract. So many weapons of Javante Williams is a full-time back, assumedly, next year. With so much opportunity there. Deshaun should want to go there because, I mean, if nothing else, he might not be able to avoid some of his legal uh, issues, but he should be able to smoke freely, at least in Denver. <laughs> there you go. The Cincinnati Bengals moving into the AFC North. What are you going to give them? Well, since they passed an offensive line this past offseason to get Jamar Chase, they need to address the offensive line this time. I mean, yes, they've been able to survive by throwing the ball a ton. And, and Joe Mixon's actually had a bit of a revival to his career this year, be, not because so much of the offensive line, but because he's just been staying healthy. If we get another offensive line in there to block for Joe Burrow for the next 10 years, that would be huge. Again, left tackle obviously would be the biggest step. But anyone on that line to help them would be nice. Yeah, I I retweeted something that I saw from um, Field Yates earlier tonight. Joe Burrow, 4,000-plus yards passing. Joe Mixon, over 1,100 yards rushing. Over 1,100 yards, I should say. Jamar Chase, over 1,100 yards. T. Higgins, over 1,000 yards. The Bengals are the first team in NFL history to have a 4,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard rusher, and two 1,000-yard receivers, all 25 or younger in the same season. Well, Tyler Boyd's got to be pretty close to 1,000 too, right? I don't have his totals in front of me, but very possibly I would think so. Um, So because of that, I'm with you. I'm giving them help on the offensive line also. The Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they, you can't really say they need defensive backfield help because it, it, this is a one-time thing. They've had so many injuries and so many illnesses and absences due to COVID. So it's not like they really, truly need help back there. Uh, I would say the thing that they need uh, going into next season is a return to health for J.K. Dobbins. Uh, very along this... Very much along similar lines. I'm giving them their running backs back. Yes. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, of course, obviously, the easy answers are a quarterback replacement for the uh, assumedly retiring Big Ben Roethlisberger. But I, I think they have holes elsewhere, too. Obviously, the offensive line it was not good this year. I think that that's probably their biggest weakness right now. And I think they're probably just going to sign someone as a free agent quarterback. They're actually one of the top targets, I think, for Aaron Rodgers uh, based on the status of their offense. Uh, I think that they need to go out in the draft. they got to find another good offensive lineman to protect whoever they pay big money for as a free agent at quarterback. So this was really easy for me. I can point out that they need quarterback help and they definitely need offensive line help. But it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they get cold. Hmm. Don't forget. I live with yes. a Browns fan. Um, so the, the Steelers get cold. That's all there is to it. <laughs> Speaking of those Browns, what are you going to give to the Cleveland Browns? Well, I, I think they need someone to change the security code on the gates there because they're just using code six. Someone's going to guess that pretty easily. Yeah, very true. So that's your gift, just changing? That's them. my gift. That's it. That is definitely my gift for them. So you ever get a gift where it's a two-parter? You have to open one part of the package, and then you have to open the second part of the package? You know, I have, and I always open the wrong part first. I did this. I did myself on Saturday. <laughs> I opened part two when I needed to open part one first. What are you going to do? Um, I'm giving the Browns one of those types of packages, but this time it won't matter which one they open first. I'm giving them Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. <laughs> oh, that would be interesting to see because obviously Kevin Stefanski has familiarity with both of them from his time in Minnesota. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, he hasn't worked directly with either of them, but he's uh, played against both of them multiple times. I, can the Browns afford those two contracts, though? Doesn't matter. It's Christmas. I'm giving them whatever I want. <laughs> People don't spend within their means for Christmas always, right? That's true. That is true. All right. AFC South, the Tennessee Titans. Oh, Tennessee, uh, they brought in Julio Jones this offseason, and they thought he was going to be the savior. Um, they ended up uh, losing some help on their offensive line, which was a huge blow to their team. Uh, but it didn't really matter, though, because they had Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry was a stud running through anything. Uh, Deonta Foreman's actually shown that he can be a stud running through anything. So I'm not overly concerned about Derrick Henry coming back. I think Derrick Henry will come back and be just fine. 
but they need to develop a legit wide receiver two opposite AJ Brown. I thought about wide receiver, but I, I think that they can fill that. I think that they need a tight end. They need a legit tight end. Uh, you don't trust uh, Jeff Swaim and Anthony Ferkser and uh, me, uh, not me, Cole, uh, the former Viking guy. I can't remember his name now with the weird uh, two-part name. <laughs> Mackay something, another, something like that. I forget to. There you go. Exactly. So they need a tight end. Oh, Mike Cole, Mike Cole Pruitt. Pruitt. That's it. Yes. <laughs> All right. How about the Indianapolis Colts? Well, I think what they need is to realize that and, and hope and pray that Carson Wentz is the real deal because they really have everything else they need to be a successful club. I think they just need Carson Wentz to be the Carson Wentz that first came into the league in the first couple of years. And if he can prove to be that, be slightly more than a game manager, it's not just a game manager, be slightly more than a game manager. I think the Colts are one of the teams to beat next year. I thought about giving them 2017 Carson Wentz, but I don't think that's fair. Um, so I said, I'm going to do like the Titans. I'm going to give them a tight end also. Get them away from Jack Doyle, who's a great blocker, but he's getting up there in age a little bit. Um, you've got you know, Mo Alley-Cox, the former basketball player, has shown promise, but give them a true stud tight end. How about a guy like Cameron Brait going there? Um, that wouldn't be too bad, quite honestly. Maybe Cleveland can trade one of their tight ends. Um, David Njoku? Yeah. yeah. Give them Njoku. That way they, they have a little more in the in – the, the wallet to spend on Devontae and Aaron Rodgers. How's that? Sounds good. Houston. Someone to actually trade them two firsts and a third, as well as purported for, uh, for Deshaun Watson earlier. Yeah, I was going to say a trade partner for Deshaun Watson, but I'm going to say let's give them an offensive line. They need some offensive line help. Yeah, they do, definitely. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I think the Jaguars should uh, use their first overall pick on a franchise quarterback. I have the Jaguars down for an exorcism. <laughs> uh, how about a full recovery by Travis Etienne? That doesn't even, that's not necessary. They need a full Actually, you know, here's my, my true honest gift to them. Them signing head coach Byron Leftwich. That'd be a huge thing in terms of city pride, uh, team pride, obviously, his yeah. history with the team. And he'd be a good coach to help this team going forward. And, and again, to help develop the young quarterback, Lawrence. That would, in an essence, be an exorcism. <laughs> so, yeah, that's okay. I like that. Um, let's move over to the NFC South. And let's start with the Carolina Panthers. Well, there's one thing missing from Carolina. Uh, if you look at when Carolina was doing good at the start of the season – to when Carolina started to struggle. Then Carolina had a couple good weeks. Now Carolina has completely fallen off the face of the earth in the last couple weeks. The one part missing in all those, or I should say both of those bad sections, was a healthy Christian McCaffrey. You put a healthy Christian McCaffrey out there for the full season next year. Again, that defense is very good. I think Sam Darnold can be just enough to be a legitimate. Uh, uh, he's, he's not going to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but he's going to be a solid enough game manager there to uh, lead this team as long as he's got a healthy Christian McCaffrey to dump the ball off to. Yeah, I, I could have gone with, you know, keeping McCaffrey healthy for next year, but the defense is fine. They're in great shape, I believe. I, I was going to say that you could say, well, if you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks, so they need a quarterback, but I don't believe that. Um, I think they're fine at quarterback, actually, if you get them some offensive line help again. So I kind of sound like a GM in the first round. It's offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, right? Nothing wrong with that. You can never have too many offensive linemen. So now let's talk about the Falcons. Twenty-eight to three. What are you going? To, I'm sorry. Um, it's the Falcons. Two thousand twenty-two. What are you giving them? Well, and the easy answer would be a replacement for Matt Ryan. But I think the the more truthful, honest gift to give the Atlanta Falcons is a clean mental bill of health for Calvin Ridley. I don't think we can really seriously say there's nothing that they need more than that. Yeah, I wrote down offensive line, wide receiver, quarterback. I agree with you. Let's get Calvin Ridley healthy and back to doing what he was born to do. Um, New Orleans, what do you want to give the Saints? Uh, a complete offensive overhaul of every single player that starts there except for Alvin Kamara. I was going to say, how about a healthy Jameis Winston? But I like, mm. your, I like, I like yours better. Yeah. 
and say goodbye. Just wait, way too many holes to fill there. Say, say, say goodbye to, to um, Sean's pet too. Um, Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers. What are we giving Tampa Bay? Well, I'm going to give them a yearly subscription of spa visits to the Fountain of Youth. That's funny because I have written down a new shipment of Fountain Youth juice. <laughs> Well, they're close to the site of Fountain of Youth. Isn't that near Tampa, St. Petersburg, right? I think so. I think so. Ponce de Leon? <laughs> yeah, I do think so. Um, that's funny. That, and we don't, for what it's worth, people, we didn't talk about this in advance. Um, let's move into the NFC North, the Detroit Tigers. Uh, I would actually love to gift them the assignment of in-season hard knocks for next season so we can really see inside how hard this team actually works for Dan Campbell. Because, frankly, a lot has been said about their ineptitude over their careers and over their over their history. But no team with as bad of a record as they have had this season has played as hard in every single game, has been as close in every single game as Detroit has been. So I, I just want the rest of the world to know how good that is. So give them hard knocks in season. Man, you, you make me seem like a jerk. I'm just ready to kill the the Dan Campbell experience. I want a new head coach. I'm giving him a new head coach. <laughs> you can let him be the The players seem to love him. You can let him be the director of player play hard heartedness or something, but they need a new head coach. <laughs> <sighs> okay, Chicago. Well, that's an easy one. They need a new head coach and and particularly they need a new head coach that knows what to do with Justin Fields. Yes, they need a new head coach that's a quarterback whisperer. Agreed there. Uh, a team that's near and dear to your heart, the Minnesota Vikings. Well, I could go immediate need, but I'm going to go to one of the things that has plagued Minnesota since 1989. They need a witch doctor to come in here and undo the kicker curse. Okay, that's that's fair. I wrote down offensive line help, and I was like, "Now nah, you know what? They're still doing well enough, you know, offensively from a fantasy standpoint without offensive line help. They really could use some DB help, though, especially at the cornerback position." Yeah, um, they've had a series of bad drafts at, at defensive back, and obviously they talk about Mike Zimmer being the cornerback's uh, whisperer. Well, the problem is the the guys they've drafted just haven't panned out. Uh, they drafted Jeff Gladney, and he was arrested. Uh, he's now out of the league. They drafted Cameron Dantzler two years ago, and he's been middling at best. Uh, other guys that they've brought in have not done well, like Brashad Breeland this year. It was a complete bust. Uh, what they've been able to do is sometimes develop some of their lower-level uh, selections, guys like Cam Bynum this year has been, been decent uh, as a lower draft pick. But, yeah, they definitely need help in the defensive backfield, too, because Patrick Peterson is not getting any younger. Yeah, and honestly, there's a chance that Zimmer could be whispering the cornerbacks on the unemployment line um, along with them is what I mean. Mm -hmm. Okay, the Green Bay Packers. Well, the best thing we can wish for for the Green Bay Packers is a peaceful coming together, a relax between the management and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you can keep that, but – I already gave Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams to the Cleveland Browns, so that means that Green Bay needs a quarterback and a wide receiver. And a lot of other help, too, then. <laughs> this is true. Okay, NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks. Well, Seattle needs to find someone else to also overpay them for Russell Wilson. Well, I'm assuming that's going to happen, so I'm giving Seattle a new GM and quarterback. How's that? Sounds good. San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I think that they need to hire a better training staff to keep their running backs healthy and maybe take better care of the field so that they don't suffer those field injuries. So I'm going to say a better training staff and a better field staff. Okay. I'm going to say that they need Trey Lance to be ready to be the starter and take this team from, from day one. Uh, I think that's going to happen anyways, but yes, I agree. Well, it's going to happen, but I'm giving them the gift of he's ready come week one ah okay arizona uh, arizona what we've seen the last couple of weeks is that this team is completely off kilter without deandre hopkins so what they need is a return to health of deandre hopkins yeah i, I was torn between two things at first it was kind of difficult on what to do it was then it was down to healthy hopkins or good decision making pills for the head coach 
he probably wouldn't take those if you gave them to him. That is true. So I guess we'll go with healthy Hopkins. <laughs> the uh, the L.A. Rams. Okay, the Ram, Rams are actually pretty easy for me. Uh, we know that they like to trade away all of their draft picks, and <laughs> they really don't have a lot of draft picks anywhere in the near future. So I would like to gift the Rams a couple of 2023 compensatory draft picks that they can use in season next year to trade for more studs because that's basically all that they do. Well, I was going to say a first-round pick, but that's not happening. So then I was going to say a pick before round five, and I just I landed on a healthy Cam Akers to start the season. Well, it sounds like he's going to try to make it back this season. I, I can't believe that, but yes. <laughs> I actually read that that's probably not the case. The Rams. I hope not. The, I hope not. <laughs> the Rams did him a solid because if he's – by activating him, he's going to be able to get the accrual from a pension standpoint. And that's pretty much why they did what they did. Well, that's good. I hope uh, – does that affect his uh, – well, he wasn't a first-round pick. so he, Or was he a first-round pick? Does that affect his fifth-year option? That I'm not sure on. I just know that it affects can, can, his can they medically redshirt him? <laughs> not sure. All right. Let's move into the NFC East. The Philadelphia Eagles. What are you going to give my Eagles? Well – Again, I like to offer specialty coaches to teams that need specialty coaches. So I'm going to offer the Philadelphia Eagles a passing accuracy coach for Jalen Hurts. That's not bad. That's really not bad because at times he just does look a little lost and so does the ball. Um, I want to give him another wide receiver, that big possession wide receiver that you wanted for Kansas City. Yep. Maybe Michael Thomas. Ooh, I like your thinking there. Maybe Michael Thomas. I, I could see that. The New York Giants. Well, you, you kind of led into it with another team, but I'm going to say for the New York Giants, we need a nuclear bomb-like reset of this entire operation. Yeah. Every, everything, top down. Yeah, I Boom. said. Boom. Mushroom I'm, cloud. I'm giving them a new GM. That pretty much does that, right? The GM hits yes. the nuke button. <laughs> um, the Washington football team. Uh, here's the thing. They've got a couple of decent skill position players that can catch the ball. They've got the makings of a good defense, although they certainly have all underperformed this season. But the one thing that they, they lost and they and they don't have right now is a quarterback that can consistently get the ball. The guys like Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin, along with the rookie Diami Brown going forward. They need to get a, a young quarterback or an older veteran quarterback that can throw the ball to those guys consistently. I can't believe that you balked on this one. I get it. I do. But for a team to be a winning team, they have to have an identity, right? I like that. <laughs> You're and gifting them an identity. For no, <laughs> I'm not gifting them an identity. But how can you have an identity if you don't have a name? Exactly. I'm gifting, that's, what I was, that's what I was hinting at. I'm giving them a name. <laughs> well, what name are you giving them? Um, that I still don't know yet. But um, <laughs> I honestly, I think if I was Washington ownership, I might move for a full all-out like redo, new team colors, new team name, in the in the mindset of we're changing things up to go forward. I know you got this ugly little cringe on your face when I'm saying this, but it's also a money grab. Think of all the extra jerseys that they sell with a new. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you don't sell a lot of. Uh, do they sell a lot of stuff right now? It's just the Washington Football Team logo. Uh, that what? <laughs> yeah, maroon <laughs> shirts. Exactly. The Maroon Five is their new sponsor. All right, the Dallas Cowboys. Who are you? What are you giving to the Cowgirls? Uh, a full year of health for Dak Prescott. That's. I mean, they don't have no real holes in any place. Maybe a second cornerback, opposite Trayvon Diggs. Uh, but again, they got good linebacking core. They've got a good defensive line. They have a light issue on the interior of the defensive line. Their offensive line needs to stay healthy too, obviously. But they've got three good receivers. Michael Gallup probably will be leaving, but Cedric Wilson proved that he can step in and be a solid number three. running backs there. You, again, just keep Dak Prescott healthy for the full year. Cole. They get Cole, and I don't mean Beasley back. <laughs> they get Cole, just like the Steelers. Two teams got Cole on my list, and it's the Steelers and the, and the Cowboys, and that is just how it is. So there you go. There are gifts for every NFL team except the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you know what? They probably like Cole. They'll turn it to diamonds. It's just the kind of luck those guys have. And Jerry Jones will squeeze it between his cheeks. <laughs> That's a visualization <laughs> I didn't need to end this segment on. So with that, we're going to head on over to our DFS segment, and we're going to get at it. 
Harley is going to set an over-under, which is going to get more tough, a little tougher this week and next week. Um, no bye weeks and stuff like that. What do you got Rob, for, a, for an over-under on us, Harley? Go with five this week. Five. Five is always so tough. <sighs> I actually thought that would end up going lower this week, but the more I look at the players I pick, I think that we might hit the five mark. I'm going over. I'm taking the over. Okay. Go ahead and start us off. Let's get off the off the board with a match right away. Who are you paying up for a quarterback? Well, so here's the thing. I like all of the higher priced quarterbacks this week for the most part. Agree. But so in that case, I didn't see that one was particular value over all the rest. So I went with the one that was the highest price this week, and that's Josh Allen, eight thousand on DraftKings, eighty eight hundred on FanDuel. Uh, Atlanta's allowed the third most passing scores this season. And Ellen just got done burning the Patriots, yep. who are much better defense than Atlanta. He's also at home while Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Matthew Stafford are all on the road right now. Uh, oh, yeah, and Atlanta's also at near the bottom against rushing quarterbacks this year, too. So I think Ellen scores both through the air and on the ground this week. We have a match right out the gate. Um, yes, and the key break for me was he's at home. All those other guys who I like also are on the road. And his price is not that much higher than theirs. Exactly. And I think we're going to agree on the stay away, quite honestly. Who are you staying away from? Well, I mentioned the four, four of the highest-priced guys that I think have good matchups this week. Uh, there's a fifth name in that list of players that are higher-priced that does not have the best matchup that week, and, and that's Kyler Murray. Uh, Arizona is at Dallas. And since returning in Week 13, Murray has fewer passing touchdowns than 14 other NFL quarterbacks. There are also four other quarterbacks tied with him with four passing scores over that four-week period. And of those four quarterbacks that are tied with him, all four of them missed the game during that span. So technically, there are 18 other quarterbacks who have had more passing success over the last four weeks than Murray. Meanwhile, only five teams have allowed fewer passing scores this season than Dallas. Now, I should point out that Taysom Hill did really well against them on the ground a couple weeks ago, so... Murray might get some yardage on the ground this week, but Murray just really hasn't seen the same since Hopkins was out. Not the best matchup. I mean, yes, Taysom Diggs can be burned, but Dallas's pass defense is not as bad as people think it is. No, the Dallas defense is, they're in the bottom half for quarterback matchup, so I get it. Um, I just, I think that game could wind up being a higher scoring game. I don't think it's going to be a lower scoring game, so I think Murray will do just fine. The guy that I'm steering clear of this week it's Justin Herbert. I know he's at home. He's coming off of two bad games, basically, um, or two bad losses, I should say. Uh, I don't like him facing that Denver defense. Not at all. 100% agree. And he was shown last week to be a guy that could potentially struggle uh, without that number two receiver option with Mike Williams out. And it sounds like Williams is probably going to miss this coming week, too. So. Yep. That's one I thought we would match on, honestly. I knew Allen was uh, you know, because there were so many other I, I, guys I debated the between the two. They were both uh, the two that I was mainly looking at. So, well, Let's see if we can nail. I had like two, maybe a thir third person I considered for my value play. Let's see if we can nail this one. I think we will. <clears throat> well, I'm going to attack the same team that I chose to attack last week as my value play. That's I'm going to go against Seattle with Jared Goff. Seattle has allowed the second most passing yards this season despite facing mostly subpar quarterbacks. Looking at the quarterbacks they've faced this season, the only ones that I would say would be in the top 12 based on yardage are Matthew Stafford twice, Kirk Cousins, and, and Aaron Rodgers. Now, I guess technically Jimmy Garoppolo is like a couple of uh, a couple yards above the 13th place quarterback, so technically one more quarterback is a tw top 12 quarterback against them, but not that much. Uh, despite missing last week's game, Goff is fifth in passing touchdowns since returning to health in week 12. Gotcha. So, no, we don't match, and I'm a little upset because I thought we would come out a quarterback with two or three matches, honestly. Um, I looked at Goff, but he, look, he missed his past week, correct, with being on the COVID list? Yes. And I'm not 100% sure where he's going to be at for this week, so that's why I avoided uh, he, he was basically a game-time decision last week. He was very, very close to playing. Okay. But you just never know with, with how that is. So I, I steered clear of him. Um, one of the guys I considered playing tonight, considered Tua. Um, and instead, I landed on a guy who I think is playing for a job for next year, whether it's with the same team or possibly with a new team that he's auditioning for. But Derek Carr. Look, the Colts may look like 
you know, one, I think the Colts win this game, so he's definitely going to have to pass the ball. Mm-hmm. And two, over the last eight weeks, the Colts are a top 12 matchup for quarterbacks. I think we might talk about him a little bit more a little bit later on down the line for me. So. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, who are you paying up for at the running back position? Uh, again, I'm going to go up the top price guy on the slate, Jonathan Taylor, Indianapolis versus Las Vegas. Vegas held Denver's backfield in check last week. That, that was totally shocking. But still, only three teams have allowed more total running back scores this season than the Vegas has. Well, Taylor, he has more than 500 more total yards than the next closest running back, and he leads all running backs in touchdowns this season. Give me Taylor at full price here. I'm with you, even at the $10,000 price tag at FanDuel. Yes. And he's at home, and he's trying to cement that MVP. <clears throat> and he wants the 2,000 rushing yards this year. And Indianapolis needs it if they want to make the playoffs. So, yes, they will feed him. All right, who are you staying away from? I think we have to match on this one. Um, I, I kind of took the easy way out. I'm, I'm going to go with the second-highest-priced guy, Austin Eckler. Uh, Chargers versus Denver. Only four teams have allowed fewer total running back scores than Denver. And Eckler, uh, although he scored in three of the last five games against Denver, he's posted really pedestrian lines in all five of those games. Uh, plus, he's coming off of covid and there's a decent chance he's going to split carries with Justin Jackson this week. So I'm not paying 9000 or 8200 for him, that's for sure. So, no, we don't match. <laughs> I don't disagree with you at all. But because he's on the COVID list and he hasn't come off yet, I, I ignored him, honestly, um, because I thought most people would. But if you look at the guy right below him, so instead of A-E, yep. A-K, Alvin Kamara, he's, he's home just like Eckler is. But playing that Carolina defense, I'm not thrilled with that matchup at all, especially at the $9,200 price tag on FanDuel. You can also make a decent argument. Uh, the sixth highest priced player on the board this week is Corderell Patterson. Yeah. And he didn't get done last week. He's not going to get done at Buffalo at all. No. As much as I like the wide receiver position this week is about how much I hate the running back position. Zeke versus Arizona, not a great matchup. Uh, mixing against the Cincy defense has been playing Same. so good lately. Yep. <laughs> Jacksonville hasn't been horrible against the run for Damian Harris. Um, I will say this for Mixon. Uh, much like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints, who you can't run the ball against, they can be beaten by receiving backs. Casey's biggest weakness this year has been receiving running backs, so Mixon will have to get done through the air. Yeah. All right, who, who's going to be your value play at the running back spot? This is always hard to, to hit value plays. Oh, God, this was really tough for me. I mean, there was a lot of cheap potential fill-in guys, and obviously you can go with one of the Philadelphia Eagles, but you really you trust which guy is going to get the ball there. No, you can't. I mean, whoever does get the ball there is going to be a great value. So I mean, maybe you play a lineup with each and every one of those options. You still probably get hosed because then they have Jalen Hurts running in three times. Yeah. But I sold for a higher-priced guy as my value play this week. And that's Rashad Penny. Uh, Penny has had two monster performances out of the three games since taking over as the lead of the Seattle backfield. And Detroit has allowed the second most total running back scores this season behind the Jets. I, I think that Penny is going to have a really good game this week. So we're not going to match there. Um, and as far as the Eagles go, for what it's worth, um, you're looking at Jordan Howard probably won't play this week, honestly. Um, oh, so, interesting. That's not what I've been hearing. But <laughs> I'm going to be shocked. He's iffy. I'm sh- I'll be shocked if he plays this week, honestly. Um, I think it's going to be the Bart Scott show and Kenneth Gainwell and then whoever else they bring up from the practice squad, possibly. Um, but I'm not willing to bank on either of them. I think that if they win this game, it's going to be through the air, quite honestly. Um, the guy I'm going with, and look, there's a chance that his stat line and the amount of times that he saw – Snaps this weekend were impacted by the score of the game he was just in. But I'm going to go with Keyshawn Vaughn in what should be a great matchup. Mm-hmm. And I did consider Jeff Wilson Jr. I do. Yeah, like I, the only reason I didn't do Jeff Wilson Jr., I think, is because there's still a chance we get Eli Mitchell finally back this week. Yeah, <coughs> that always muddies the waters. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I like both of those options there. Okay, so now let's go on over to the wide receiver spot, and I'm just going to say I'm going to see if I can be Harley. I'm not going to mess around. I'm just going to pay up for the top price guy on this list again. 
We're three for three on the payoffs. Then, uh, cause, yeah, I'm paying up for Cooper Cup against Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore is going to probably get Jimmy Smith back this week. But that's not going to be enough. The secondary is so battered and so bruised right now. And it, it's not like Jimmy Smith can cover Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., and Van Jefferson plus Tyler Higbee. Stafford is going to have a huge game here. Um, the only reason I didn't make Stafford my payup quarterback was because I like the other guy better. Yep. But also because there's a chance that because the game is in Baltimore, they'll be losing a couple hours' time on their travel. And there might be weather considerations for Baltimore this time of year. So, yeah, it's like Jimmy Smith, if he comes back, he's going to be joined by the beer guy and the peanut guy, basically. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say the uh, concessionaire girl. Uh, that too, <coughs> I, honestly. Um, whatever. But that's about what it looks like. And, and man, it's it's tough. I, look, I don't think Baltimore That was embarrassing. That was, I mean, literally embarrassing last week. It, it's, it's, I mean, without... Lamar Jackson, that's a big negative. And the fact is that defense, I think they're going to miss out in the playoffs. They probably deserve to. Yeah, very true. Very true. Okay, who are you going to stay away from? Well, I'm going to stay away from the top receiver for the quarterback that you're staying away from. That's Keenan Allen. Uh, Denver has been very stingy against the opposition's top wide receivers. With Mike Williams likely out once again. Ellen is either going to have to face Patrick Sertan, who has a passer rating against a 56.9 and who has allowed an average of two and a half receptions per game. Or if he's lucky, maybe he gets to face Ronald Darby, who has a passer rating against of 83.4 and allows an average of only three receptions per game. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Um <laughs> It's a no win for Ellen this week. I mean, either one of those two is going to shut him down. So I'm staying away from Jamar Chase. I, you know, I, I'm with you on that too. I mean, I hate to chase Chase here. Yeah. I mean, he is at home, and I do think that Casey wins this game handily. So that kind of puts him in maybe some garbage time. But I, I just I look at it, and I just I think people will overplay him this week, and I just don't love him. I don't love him at that price. I don't like the matchup. So I'm going to steer clear of Jamar Chase, but I also don't have a problem with staying away from Keenan Allen either. Casey's defense is no joke. People are going to be blinded all season by how bad they were the first four weeks. Yep. But they have turned a corner. We talked a little earlier about Miami turning the corner about six weeks ago. Well, Casey turned the corner around week six. And from that point on, they have been an elite defense, not just a very good defense, an elite defense. Yep. And that's scary. So I'm going to ask who you're putting in as your value play. I had trouble with this one because part of me didn't want to play by the rules in a sense. But that's all I'm going to say first. <laughs> uh, you, you chose Khalif Raymond, who's not on the list, because I inadvertently left him out, right? No, I did, I did not. <laughs> uh, I did not. Uh, Khalif Raymond actually makes a good value play because there's a chance that Josh Reynolds misses this game because he was just put on COVID list. But uh, he is not my value play choice. Okay. Um, I'm going with the guy who was part of my near fanball winning lineup this past week. He was one of the value plays I suggested over the weekend. He didn't actually make it into the dominator because of the fact that he, we didn't know he was going to be playing as much as he did, but a couple of additional COVID absences led to Isaiah McKenzie being a starting wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills last week. Now, obviously, we both stayed to pay up for Josh Allen. So I'm going to pay a value price for Josh Allen's number two wide receiver. That's Isaiah McKenzie. Atlanta's allowed the third most wide receiver scores this year. I think he's going to score again here. Man, I got to tell you, I love that play. <laughs> um, but remember how you said you really liked all the top quarterbacks, but you paid yes. up for Allen? I did the same. So I wanted exposure to one of those quarterbacks, right? Mm -hmm. Without having to take the quarterback since I'm taking Allen. So non-correlation does pay off. Now, let me say this now. I almost was going to go against the grain of what a true value play is and say, give me Amon St. Brown at $6,900 because he's going to score 25 plus points and that's going to make him a value <laughs> at $6,900. I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually thought there was a chance that's who your value play was based on the Jared Goff being your, your value play at quarterback. No, I landed on two guys, 
but they're only separated, I think, by $100. Byron Pringle and Nicole Hardman. And I think that most people would probably say, I'm going Nicole Hardman. And he's 100 bucks cheaper, right? And the answer mm-hmm. is, no, I'm not. Byron Pringle is going to be my value. <coughs> okay. He um, was on the field for 55 snaps versus Pring- versus Hardman's 30, which was 80% mm-hmm. of the offensive snaps versus 43. He seems to be that guy. And now Kelsey was out, so that could play into it. But even if Kelsey's back, I like Pringle this week to have at least five catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Well, again, when we talk about the players to fill in for a player, had Tyree Kill missed this past week, McCole Hardman would have assumed a lot of the Tyree Kill role, which is more of the stretch to field uh, thing that he's more skilled at. Byron Pringle is, is a little bit more uh, of a bigger-bodied receiver. He's, he's, not a, a, he's not Josh Gordon. He's not Sammy Watkins. He's not someone like that. Right. But he's a little bit bigger, a little bit more of a possession type of guy. So he did step in a little bit more to absorb some of the loss of Travis Kelsey. And realistically, the team has been splitting the wide receiver two role over the last couple of weeks between Pringle and Gordon, with McCole Hardman being the odd man out, basically, uh, of recent. So, yes, if I had to choose between the two, I'd choose Pringle. But realistically, I think that getting Kelsey back is going to limit both of their production a little bit. But if you're going for cheap value, Pringle's not a bad option. Well, and that's the other thing, too. Like, I, I think that Hill only played like 28 snaps or something. So Hardman probably saw an uptick in snaps because of that, right? Uh-huh. Um, so when you think about all that, it just, to me, Pringle screams is a real big value at 4,100. He gets a touchdown. You're almost guaranteed you're going to get three times value for him. Exactly. So, all right. Um, let's go on over to the tight end whispering section for Harley. Um, who are you paying up for at tight end? You'll notice a trend. I've paid up for the top guy at every other position. Yep. I'm going to pay up for the top guy here, too. Uh, Mark Andrews, Baltimore versus the Rams. Uh, Rams haven't given up a ton of passing touchdowns this year, but more than a quarter of the passing touchdowns that they have allowed have gone to the tight end position. Plus, over the last three weeks, nobody in football has more receiving yards than Andrews. He also has the second most receptions and second most receiving touchdowns total, again, among all of football over the last three weeks. So, as they say, all good things must come to an end. No, I'm not uh, talking about Mark Andrews' production, but I am talking about us matching on our pay-up. Um, <laughs> we were close. I actually looked at a guy who is facing a team that over the past eight weeks has given up, given up more p- points to the tight end position than the Philadelphia Eagles have. And that is Travis Kelsey. Oh. Facing the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, he's got to come back off the COVID list. think that happens. Gladly let Kelsey come in and make two games worth of stuff happen in one game. Well, let me tell people how great the top of the tight end list is this week okay, yes. and why you should seriously consider doing double tight double end. Tight end. I knew it was coming. Mark, Mark Andrews versus the Rams. Travis Kelsey versus the Cincinnati Bengals. George Kittle at home versus Houston. You've got Darren Waller, should he happen to come back from his injury, yep. facing Indianapolis, who has actually been worse than Cincinnati or Philadelphia over the last few weeks. And then you get Gronk against New York. Oh, God, this is such a great, juicy collection up the top of the top five. Uh, uh, yeah, double tight end would be fun this week. So now go <laughs> ahead. and you, Since you stopped, you might as well tell everybody who you're staying away from so that we can uh, match this. We're matching on this. We're staying away from Kyle Pitts. Uh, yep. Buffalo is very, very good against the tight end position. They've only allowed three tight end scores all season. Pitts is coming off one of his better performances of the year, but he still didn't score. He has one touchdown this year. That's so frustrating. Hayden Hurst stealing another touchdown from. Ah, this yeah. is sickening. But you know what? Uh, as, as much as Pitts has been maligned, to strengthen his case as a solid dynasty tight end, he's got the third most yards among all tight ends, despite playing as really the only option in that offense this entire season. Yeah, his 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 career path is bright. <coughs> that is definite. Just depends on what happens post Matt Ryan and when that happens. Um, the touchdown non-regression will happen at some point. Hey, you know what? You just made me think of something. If I was the Browns and you didn't like the price that I spent on giving you Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, 
maybe you trade him in for Matt Ryan and Michael Thomas. No, you don't need Michael Thomas. You got Jarvis Landry. Maybe mm-hmm. just trade him in for Matt Ryan and add another wide receiver in the draft. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I can't believe it, but we didn't, you know, exploit a tight end yet playing the pit, the playing the Pittsburgh, playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but I'm going to tell you that John Bates did have a touchdown this week that he shouldn't have had. And last week he did. That was a, not a touchdown. No, it was not. <laughs> then he didn't have a touchdown last week that he should have had. Yep. Um, <laughs> And I think had he gotten both those touchdowns and both of them were clean and not people wondering why he got one that he shouldn't have got when he should have. Yeah, I know that sounds like a who's on first thing, but John Bates is who I'm paying up for at the tight end position. This, I'm sorry. John Bates is my value play at the tight end spot this week. You know, I thought about John Bates, but it, it's still a split uh, tight end role between him and Ricky Seals Jones. And uh, it, there's one other tight end that, uh, by the way, for what it's worth, Bates played <coughs> almost twice the snaps that, Ricky Seals Jones played. Yes, that is true. And I will say this. Bates is a giant of a man. <laughs> they, they, they showed, uh, geez, I was talking with my wife about this during the game the other day. They showed a, um, a small receiver standing next to him. And by small receiver, I'm talking about a, like a six foot tall receiver standing next to Bates. Yeah. And he, he was like barely up to the, the neck on Bates. It's hilariously comparing the two. And so, yeah, I understand Bates. I have no problem with that. His price is certainly nice enough. But as we were talking, I I mentioned the top five tight ends on the board all being good matchups. There's one that has a big question mark, though, and that's whether or not he's actually going to play, and that's Darren Waller. So assuming Darren Waller doesn't play, my value play tight end this week is Foster Moreau. Don't disagree. Can't can't fault you for that. And actually, that's a play that you would easily make week in and week out. You're a big Foster Moreau lover. Just admit it. I am. I, I him uh, guys like James O'Shaughnessy. They they warm my the cockles of my heart. Uh, Brevin Jordan. Oh, I, I I love Brevin Jordan so much. I don't love him this week in the matchup. Uh, how about Brock Wright? Yeah. Uh, at Seattle, great great potential play there. Uh, <laughs> so many options to choose from. Double tight end, folks. Do it. <laughs> hey, is there any chance that we may start adding offensive linemen to the tight end position? I mean, three offensive line touchdowns this weekend. And, and Lane, Lane Johnson, how can you get that possible, that wide open? <laughs> yeah. I mean, first of all, for what it's worth, Lane Johnson, um, who was the other guy? Sample, was it? They caught one last night for Dallas. What, what was this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, geez, I saw it in action. I don't remember who it was, so. <laughs> And then last week you had Christian Wilkins, defensive lineman. What do they all have in common? They all what? have more receiving touchdowns than Kenny Galladay. <laughs> Actually, they have more touchdowns than Kenny Galladay and Miles Sanders combined. Well, they all have the same number of tight end touchdowns as Cal Pitts. <laughs> there you go there, too. All right. Well, it's been a good week, I think, hopefully. To recap, we matched on four. Um with three of them being the top dollar payups at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, and then our stay away at tight end with Kyle Pitts. Uh, like I said, I thought I needed us to get out of that quarterback spot with two to have a chance at the over. Um, tough. It's tough. That's all there is to it. But it's only going to get tougher next week because all the teams are in play next week. There is no primetime game as of yet. So, <laughs> COVID may have something to say about that. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, hey, look, it's shocking that it's only 10 nothing still in that New Orleans-Miami game, even though that the one touchdown is attributed to Ian Book. Unfortunately, it was attributed to a defensive player on the Miami Dolphins. Um, but anyway. This book was best left unwritten, I'd, ask, I'd say. Yeah, that sounds like a good, that sounds like a good thing to say. Um, I'll tell you what's not best left unwritten is checking Harley out on Twitter at Nuclear Harley. You can do myself by myself on Twitter at Steve Gallo NFL. And, of course, check us out at the huddle, thehuddle.com. And, listen, New Year's Eve is approaching. It will happen before next week. We want to have everybody back here safely listening to us to make our final declarations for the season. To do that, you must get blissed responsibly. Cheers.
just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.